This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Welcome to a new edition of Showtime with Coop, insightful BS with my Laker teammates and NBA legends. And I like to do something a little different and bring in some, I don't want to call them ordinary people, but <laughs> just some, some of, the, of the fans. And today, Nick, we have somebody, and when I introduce him, I'm going to let him say his spiel. Josh was a longtime Laker fan, NBA historian. Welcome to the show, Josh. Showtime with Coop is powered by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Michael Jerome Cooper, one of the most dedicated, intelligent, tenacious, hard-nosed, outstanding defensive specialists the game of basketball has ever and will ever see. A spectacular, sensational, crowd-pleasing slam dunk finisher, particularly on the fast break. A remarkable mid-range and long-range shooter, particularly in the clutch. A five-time NBA champion and an indispensable asset on all five of those Showtime Lakers championship teams. The 1986-87 NBA Defensive Player of the Year. I'm so proud of Bill Sharman for selecting you with the number 60 overall pick in the 1978 NBA draft so that you could be the indispensable asset that you were on all five of the Showtime Lakers championship teams. And you are even a better man and friend. And I look job, forward Cooper. to seeing you enshrined into the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame because I'm you deserve you. it. There's nothing left to say, Coop. I don't have anything else to say, man. Josh said it all. Hey, welcome, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> all right <laughs> i'm enjoying these guys getting the money uh, i really do i, I think one of the things that they have to do the league and i wish they would do this and josh i want to hear your take on this a little bit is kick some of the money back to, to, oh, to absolutely. the absolutely. players absolutely absolutely yeah. absolutely positively a hundred percent i think I, they need to do something like i've that. never heard that but man i'm not kidding and if you're joking i think you're you're dead ass wrong because they should do that you guys paved the way and Absolutely. and some of the some of these guys like you know bill russell's dead but he didn't make the kind of money that 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 you at even all, made. at all yeah two jobs a lot of them that is such a that'll shut up jj reddick for life maybe i and, just and hope you know what i think it also would help not necessarily as you said john havlicek Bill Russell, Elder their Bailey, families guys have passed on, but you got to give some money back to their family because you know what? The struggle is still on for them. And that's what I would like the Players Association to do uh, because it is love so much that. money being made. I love that. And, you know, I didn't even think about it, but you could go that route. And also the NBA carries some sort of a charity because it is getting – I want everybody to make as much money as they can. But, Coop, yeah. when, these, when you got guys that are making a half – I mean, two guys making a half a billion dollars while there's player legends from the 70s who, who, who would borrow money off me if I were, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's heartbreaking. I'm serious. It's heartbreaking. Wow, I'm, I'm fired up today. I, I see, Nick. I'm going to let Too you much coffee. a little bit more. <laughs> You're listening to Showtime with Coop. 
Uh, we have a special guest on, my man Josh. I got you, baby. He's on, and he's our resident historian here. We're going to get into what he really knows about the Lakers, and we're going to give him some numbers, and we're just going to ask him, uh, give him a number, and let him just says, roll give, with it. Give me any year from 1946-47 on. Any year of your choice. Okay, well, you know, I was born in 56, so maybe Nick can go back. And on <laughs> April 15th, but, uh, I was listening. born in 78, but I read a lot. 78, that's when the Washington Bullets defeated the Seattle Supersonics. You're hold right. up, Josh. Hold up, Josh. <laughs> Who was the MVP of that series, Josh? The MVP of the series was Wes Unseld. He was a master at throwing that outlet pass. But the MVP of the season was Bill Walton. And uh, the MVP Who was of the, the coach of that? For whatever it's worth was Randy Smith from the Buffalo wow. Braves. And the head coach was uh, Dick Mata for the Bullets. Dick Mata. I thought it was I Gene Shue. guy is good. Man, I, I'm impressed because you got me on that one. I thought it was good. Gene Shue. It was, well, I, mean, I got to could... tell you, Bill Sharman, who's amassed the same amount of championships in professional Celtics. basketball as the Lakers and the Celtics have in the NBA, 17 total. <laughs> the greatest basketball legend ever. He used to always advocate that your entire season – could literally be decided by one loose ball. So every detail counts, and the team that attends to the most details is oftentimes the team that's going to come Just, up. we got to put you in the Auerbach Center there, out in Philly at the practice facility today. We need you to <laughs> pump up the Celtics. Let me ask you a question. You watch a lot of Boston basketball? I watched some of it this year. I know Coop does. i got to ask you both a question. When was the last time you saw Jason Tatum, A, take a charge, B, dive on the floor for a loose ball. I have never seen it. I see him take a charge early on. When you got, listen to me, Michael Jerome Cooper. In game seven. Stop that, Josh. You sound like my grandmother calling me because I did something wrong. I say it when you did something right. In game seven of the 1988 NBA Finals between the Showtime Lakers and the bad boy Detroit Pistons, Lakers won 108 to 105. James Worthy delivered 36 points, 16 rebounds, uh, 10 assists. You finished with 12 points and you knocked down those two critical three-point field goals. Irvin Magic Johnson, 19 points, 14 assists. Baby B, Byron Scott, 21 points. But my point is there were three separate Lakers that took a charge in that game. One was you. One was Michael Thompson, Thompson and one was Urban Magic Johnson. Mm -hmm. Three separate Lakers took a charge that game. That was a game that was decided in a season that was decided by three points. Wasn't that also a game where uh, Bill Lambeer uh, got called for a phantom foul on Kareem? That was game six. They, they, uh, they get the fuck out of here with that game. He fouled. He fouled, he fouled, he fouled. He that's not the only, that's the only way he could guard team. Kareem. That's the only way he could guard Kareem is by fouling him. Him and the fat-ass Rick Mahorn. Stand up with them guys trying to be the Bruce Brothers or, or whatever they were called at that time. The bad boys. I'm tired of that. Cat was killing both of them with the sky hook. Anyway. I had to bring well, it up. Well, Josh, yeah, well, yeah. Josh, we're at this point of the show where I, I got, it's called Coop's Lightning Round. I'm going to ask you about five names, and you just tell me as much or as little about the names I'm going to get ready to ask you, okay? Absolutely. First name, Bill Sharman. Bill Sharman was the most intense competitor and committed professional in the NBA during his time who invented the day the game shoot around was avant-garde in so many ways when it came to analyzing his opponents, 
dissecting their tendencies, conditioning themselves for games. He was selected to compete in the NBA All-Star Game each year from 1953 to 1960. He was an All-NBA first-team selection from 1955-56 to 1958-59. He helped lead the Celtics to their first four championships, playing alongside Bob Cousy, Bill Russell, Tommy Heinsohn. Frank Ramsey in all four of those circumstances and Sam and Casey Jones in three of those circumstances uh, playing under the legendary Arnold Red Auerbach. But then he became the most innovative Hall of Fame coach in history, instituting his inventive preparation and conditioning tactics that he had previously utilized as a player with the teams that he coached. It not only triggered unparalleled success, but it defined literally the modern day methodology for day of the game preparation for the basketball world. He guided the Cleveland Pipers to a championship in the ABL in 1962. Then he guided the Utah Stars to an ABA championship in 1970, 71. And then in 1971-72, he was named the NBA coach of the year by a landslide, but he guided the Lakers to their first championship in Los Angeles with led by Jerry West and Will Chamberlain, and they won a professional sports record, 33 consecutive victories, and they dominated the NBA. But then Bill Sharman was the general manager of the Lakers from September 17th, 1976 to June 24th, 1982. He was responsible for the Lakers acquisitions of Norm Nixon, who he selected with the number 22 pick in the 1977 NBA draft, Jamal Silk Wilkes, who he signed as a veteran free agent in July of 1977, Michael Jerome Cooper, who he selected with the number 60 overall pick in the 1978 NBA draft, Irvin Magic Johnson, who Bill Sharman selected with the number one pick in the 1979 NBA draft, and Bill Sharman baldly but astutely compared 19-year-old Irvin Magic Johnson to the legendary Bob Cousy and the legendary J Jerry West, at the May 16th, 1979 introductory press conference that was held over a month before the day of the June 25th, 1979 NBA draft. Then Bill Sharman also surrounded the Showtime Lakers with Jim Jones, who he uh, traded for on October 5th, 1979. <laughs> then the Lakers obviously won the championship in 1980. Okay, Josh. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, Mitch Kupchak, July 23rd, 1981. Uh, Kurt Rambis, September uh, 13th, 1981, uh, Bob McAdoo, uh, December 24th. Okay. <laughs> no, but he, 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 he's not. I got some more names for Raptors, And yet he was the one and only constant part of the first 11 and, Lakers. And champions. not discussed enough, Josh. Not discussed. I mean, you did all the discussing we need now for a couple months of Bill Sherman, but he's under discussed. You don't hear he, Bill Sherman's name. Comprehensively, he's the GOAT. When you, Thank when you, you, Josh. After uh, what he's done as a player, a coach, and an executive. Okay, Josh, your next name, Red Arbach. Arnold Red Arbach, that's where Bill Sharman got a lot of principles from when it comes to the fast break. Arnold Red Arbach led the Celtics to, uh, as a head coach, championships in 1956-57, and then uh, eight consecutive championships from 1958-59, to 1965-66, he really understood how to utilize Bill Russell. And he understood that when Bill Russell throws that outlet pass, that's what really makes his mastery on defense translate to a fast break offense. But he was also the executive of all those that put together those teams. And um, 
He also continued to be the executive. The Celtics won two more championships in 1973-74 and 1975-76 with John Havlicek, Dave Cowens, Jojo White. And then he was responsible for obviously uh, acquiring Larry Bird and um, Kevin McHale, Robert Parrish, and the three more championships translated during the 1980s era. Let me ask you this, Josh. Do you know how many cigars he smoked over his lifetime in the, in the, at the Boston Garden? Too many to count. <laughs> okay. Uh, next name, Chick Hearn. Francis Chick Hearn. Francis Chick Hearn, he deserves a lot of credit. Him and Elgin Baylor both for the Lakers not going bankrupt. Because everybody says that, of course, when, when the Lakers moved to Los Angeles, they were almost a near bankrupt team coming from Minneapolis. And of course, Elgin Baylor revolutionized the game with his spectacular play, hang time, body control. But a lot of those games weren't visible on television. You had to listen to them on the radio. And Francis Chick Hearn, what an artist he was at creating a picture of what was occurring on the court, even though you weren't watching the actual game. You, you felt like you were because he created that picture for you. And uh, absolutely, he is one of the greatest announcers in the history of sports that there will ever be. He was also the assistant general manager to the Lakers, to Fred Schaus and to Pete Newell and to Bill Sharman. He was, he was also the assistant general manager. He had a great basketball acumen. He had a great command for the English language. And uh, he's a legend. Baseball season is in full swing, and there's no better place to get in the action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. The reason is, right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. So, in other words, you can't lose. Just go to FanDuel.com slash Boston to join today. So don't miss out on the action. Snag a no-sweat first bet for up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash Boston to sign up. FanDuel, the official partner of Major League Baseball and the official wagering partner of CLNS Media. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. You must be 21 and present in Massachusetts. First online real money wager only. $10 deposit required. Refund issued as a non-withdrawable bonus bets. They expire in 14 days. Restrictions do apply. See terms at FanDuel.com sportsbook. Hope is here. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 800-GAM-1234. Larry Bird. Well, Larry Bird said that Michael Jerome Cooper was the toughest defender <laughs> that he ever faced, which is the truth. But Larry Bird was, as you knew from guarding him, you can't stop him. All you could do is try to contain him. If you could hold him to 20, 21, 22 points, maybe eight rebounds, five assists, that was an accomplishment. Larry Bird was, I mean, he was fundamentally sound. What was his weakness other than he couldn't jump out of the gym? He was a pure and deadly shooter from three-point territory, from mid-range, from the charity stripe. He was a prolific scorer in transition. 
He was a prolific scorer in the half-court setting. He created his own shots. He could curl and shoot. He could catch and shoot. He had masterful moves in the pivot. He had that turnaround jumper. He played with his heart and his brain. You can't say that about too many players, but he always played his heart out. He would dive into the stands for loose balls and scrape his knees, and he would he had a lot of the characteristics and qualities of Kobe Bryant with the Mamba mentality, putting his mind over his body through agony. And uh, he would dive in the stands for loose balls, but he also used his mind. And uh, he was he was defensive minded. He was he was just awesome. And of course, he's a he's a three time champion. He's a two time finals MVP. And he's a, he won the MVP of the NBA three consecutive seasons each year from 1983-84 to 1985-86. And if it wasn't for his injuries, maybe he would have even had a more illustrious resume full of accolades. You can't always judge a player just on their accolades because there are factors such as injuries that maybe uh, compromise what a player otherwise could have done. You also have to remember that he played during the most intensely competitive era, maybe, but Irvin Magic Johnson and Larry Bird were at the forefront of spearheading the NBA's miraculous rise in popularity from struggling television ratings and attendance to the epicenter of popular culture that it's become. And that really is more large scale than any stats or accomplishments. Truly. Well, you've already took my fifth guy. That's Magic Johnson. Irvin Magic Johnson, the most dazzling, spectacular and sensational conjurer with the basketball in his hands the most dazzling, spectacular, and sensational playmaker. He was most in his element. He was most dominant. He was most unstoppable. He was most dazzling in the, um, fat, on a fast breaker in the open court. But he, he had the versatility that he could dominate in the half court as well. He had a junior sky hook with both hands. One of my favorite game-winning baskets in the history of the NBA is his junior, junior sky hook in game four. Over who? Over who? What game? Over the Boston Celtics in game again, Josh. Over the Boston Celtics in game four of the '97. I still feel that pain watching that live at my grandmother's house. I still we thought we were winning that game, man. Magic over all three, the big three, over all three. And if he missed, Kareem would have dunked it in. Yeah, you know. Let's be honest, but but. That that ball did not go out off of Kevin McHale, where Kareem got the two shots down the, the play yeah, before. Stop all this crying. <laughs> I gotta tell you, Urban Magic Johnson was absolutely as captivating an entertainer as we've yeah. ever seen on a basketball court, and maybe we will ever see on a basketball court. But his personality also would just was so well suited to, as I said, spearhead the NBA's miraculous rise in popularity. And when he delivers a public speech. Wherever he goes, he moves a, he moves the entire room better than any politician I've ever seen. Honestly, he, he unifies people. The Showtime Lakers, led by him, unified the city of Los Angeles and our popular culture. And, of course, he's a three-time finals MVP in 1980, 1982, and 1987. 1980, we all remember what happened in Game 6 of the 1980 NBA World Championship Series in his rookie season when he jumped center in replacement for Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, scored 42 points, secured 15 rebounds, dished out seven assists, led the Lakers to uh, their uh, uh, championship uh, uh, the uh, 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 Josh. How long? 15 assists. 
No, he had 15 rebounds and seven assists. 15 rebounds, seven assists. 15 rebounds and seven assists led the Lakers to their first championship during that Showtime era. Google it. He was, it was the first, it's still to this day, the only circumstance where a rookie was named the NBA Finals MVP. Then again against the 76ers in 1982, the Lakers won in six games. I remember the uh, game six, the box score, the Lakers won 114 to 104. You finished with 16 points. Bob McAdoo, 16 points. Storm and Norman Nixon, 16 points. Kurt Rambis, 8.7 rebounds. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, 18 points, 11 rebounds, five blocks. Uh, of course, Jamal Wilkes actually led them in scoring with 27 points. But Irvin Magic Johnson, 13 points, 13 rebounds, 13 assists. He only went, he, he only attempted three shots from the field. He went two or three, but he dominated the game without even really shooting shots from the field. Then, of course, in 1980. 485, the Lakers defeated the Celtics in the NBA World Championship Series for the first time ever, following eight previous finals losses historically. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was the MVP of that series, but he was also super. Irvin Magic Johnson may have had, he had one of the greatest seasons ever in NBA history in 1986-87. He averaged 23.9 points per game. 12.2 assists per game, 6.3 rebounds per game. And like a magic man would do, he gave the MVP trophy to his dad, Irvin Johnson Sr., who was a great man. And I know he instilled all the values in Irvin Magic Johnson that produced magic, literally. But you guys, you defeated the, um, first you defeated the Denver Nuggets, you swept them. And then you uh, defeated the, Golden State Warriors in five games, and you were given the Defensive Player of the Year trophy during that series, Michael Jerome Cooper, the 1986-87 Defensive Player of the Year. But uh, then you, um, then against the Seattle Supersonics, you swept them. And actually, I got to say, you came up very clutch in game two with a three-point field goal, and then in game three with a block, Michael Jerome Cooper. Then in the finals, it came in the form of the Lakers defeating the Celtics once again in six games. Irvin Magic Johnson versus Larry Bird. But, of, of course, the Lakers won game one. Then game two, 141 to 122. You delivered six three-point field goals and played such tenacious defense. And Irvin Magic Johnson finished with 20 assists to complement his 22 points. Now, of course, the Celtics did win game three. They won 109 to 103. Game four was the junior-junior sky hook game, 107-106. The Celtics won game five by 15, but the Lakers closed out the series on Irvin Johnson Sr.'s birthday. Game six, June 14th, 1987, uh, 106-93. to uh, Irvin Magic Johnson finished with 16 points, 19 assists. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar gave a turn-back-the-clock performance, 32 points. You played the most tenacious and hard-nosed and suffocating defense that one could play on Larry Bird. Big game, James Worthy made one of the greatest plays I've ever seen when Kevin McHale was in the pivot, and he uh, he was trying to throw a pass, and then Worthy intercepted the pass, but he recognized that it was landing in the direction out of bounds, so he saved it from going out of bounds and dived, dived onto the floor but landed into the hands of Irvin Magic Johnson for uh, a breakaway slam dunk. He finished a worthy finish with 22 points. Uh, Michael Thompson, 15 points and did such a great job on Kevin McHale defensively. And uh, yeah. 
Hey, Showtime fans, I'm Nick Gelso, and it's summer. It's officially arrived. If you're like me, you're juggling your fitness goals with barbecues and family time. That's where Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, comes in. Save time and stay on track with wholesome, delicious meals delivered right to your door so you can get back to enjoying life and enjoying the summertime sunshine. Forget the grocery shopping and kitchen mess. Factor meals are ready to heat and eat in just two minutes. Looking to shed those winter pounds? Factor offers dietitian approved calorie smart meals or need a boost on protein for your summer workouts? Their Protein Plus meals pack 30 grams of protein or more. Indulge yourself in our newly added gourmet surf and turf options like the succulent roasted garlic filet mignon and shrimp and mouthwatering Cajun spice shrimp and salmon. And for those on a specific diet path, We've got keto, vegan, and veggie. We've got a lot more, too. Choose from 34-plus weekly options with premium ingredients and over 45 add-ons, including breakfast items, protein-packed snacks as well. Ditch the expensive takeout and enjoy a factor meal in just two minutes, making it not just cheaper, but it's faster, too. And here's something I love about Factor. They are a sustainable choice. They offset 100% of their delivery emissions and use renewable electricity with sustainably sourced seafood in their meals so come with me this june make the smart choice go to factormeals.com showtime 50 and use the code showtime 50 with that you'll get 50 percent off your first box that's right 50 percent off but don't forget to use the code showtime 50 at factormeals.com showtime 50 treat yourself to healthier hassle-free summertime eating and then of course 1987 88 and what made that championship so special is that, of course, like I said, it beca- you became the first team in 19 years to repeat as NBA champions. But that that championship in particular had so much character, triumphantly and resiliently battling through three seven-game series. In the first round, yeah, you swept the San Antonio Spurs. But then against the Utah Jazz, that was a tough series. And you defeated them in seven games. Dallas, I don't think, should have won seven games at all. But it did, and at least you won. You won every home game. You lost every away game. And this was a good team, though, no? Dallas was a good team. What's that? Dallas had good Aguirre, Rolando Blackman. Of course, uh, absolutely. But I, 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 Brad Davis. Yeah, but you were the Showtime Lakers. But anyhow, I agree. I agree, Josh. I agree. Then against the bad boy Detroit Pistons, you lost game one, won game two, won game three. Lost game four, lost game five, but then won game six. Isaiah Thomas delivered one of the most magnificent performances ever in the history of the NBA Finals. Um, he let you know it. <laughs> and he scored 25 points in the third quarter, and he sustained a sprained ankle, and he continued to play. And it looked like the, the Pistons were going to close it out. But uh, Byron Scott answered with that clutch like running jumper, and then on the, the Lakers got another stop, and then uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was fouled by Bill Lambeer, and he knocked down those two clutch free throws to propel them to victory, and then I already broke down game seven earlier. Okay. <laughs> oh my <laughs> God, the whole that was history the of the NBA. Okay. Change <laughs> uh, the subject for a little bit. Uh, you know, he would want me. He would want me to bring everyone into it too, because he was he was the flashiest, unselfish player that I ever saw. Right, we love you for that, Josh. Listen, there was a series that came out what a year or two years ago called Winning Time, and uh, I have not watched it. 
But Josh, tell us a couple of your thoughts on the series winning time. And the Lakers have countered that with a new kind of like autobiography or documentary I, I called was, The Legacy. I was, I was at the forefront of Legacy, the true story of the other Lakers. I don't want to say too much, but let's just say that <laughs> I, I was actually correcting historically inaccurate statements made by various basketball luminaries and the editor's cuts. Like they would make a mistake and I would literally notice that a mistake was made. What were a couple of the mistakes? Well, like Pat Riley would say that the Lakers won 67 games in 1986-87 in the regular season and they really won 65. Or John Sally would say that uh, Isaiah Thomas scored 41 points in game six of the 1988 NBA Finals, and he really scored 43. But I, I, I found and provided the oldest footage of Kobe Bryant that's featured in the 10-part docuseries that I sent. And really, uh, I think I noticed like over 30 pages of critical errors in the editor's cuts and helped write it. And really, I put my heart and soul into it. I really did. I was the hardest working person there. And I put my heart and soul into it. I really did. Well, and Josh, we thank you for that. Because uh, that was probably, again, like I said, I've never watched that show winning time because it's so um, irrelevant to me. And it was all kind of made up stuff. But I hear that they're still putting things out on it. I hope they get my part right because they didn't. In winning time, they had me and my wife, we broke down and had me standing there with my wife changing the tire. I did not would never let a woman change a tire for me. I'm a man. I'm a man's man. So I'm gonna get you're up under there. Role, Coop. I know you're a gentleman. You are a gentleman. So, I mean anybody anyway, knows you knows. But um Josh, uh you know, uh this segment here, I'm gonna give you a number and you tell me anything you want, and the number's gonna have to be either Celtic or Laker. Number twenty two. And you can pick the team or the whatever. Well and that was Elgin Baylor's jersey number. I, I, I've never seen anything more spectacular than, than a Koopa Loop slam dunk on a basketball court. But that, obviously, Michael Jeffrey Jordan, obviously, the Kobe Bean Bryant, the most unguardable, spectacular, sensational scorer I ever saw, who's even more committed, competitive, and outstanding on defense. Um, but I know that everyone from the 1971 72 Lakers wanted him to feel that he was a part of that championship. Showtime with Coop is powered by FanDuel the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Sign up at FanDuel.com slash Boston. New customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. 